can a man who is godly, who has a godly reign and has done so much good for Judah in those times, how could he have a, such a stupid moment in his life? It can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. We're so glad that you're listening to In Grace. I am Jim Scudder, and today we are continuing in a series called Answers. As a matter of fact, we're going to finish the series today as it's been uh, really exciting to go through and answer people's Bible questions. And I love the fact that you all are reading your Bibles and you're thinking through the things that are of God and the things that are important. And as we go through Scripture, as we study and, and read and listen, we will often come up with a question. I wonder what that means or I wonder what that, you know, why, why does it say that? And so today we're going to answer two of the questions that were asked me. Uh, one is about the suffering of Christ, and we're going to go into that in some detail. And another question is about um, Isaiah 39 and a really good question about uh, Hezekiah showing his wealth to the Babylonians. Was that a good idea? Was that a bad idea? And we'll, we'll go through the, the scripture and, and try to decide. And so uh, these are good questions and we'll continue this throughout the rest of the week. We're also excited because we have a part of our webpage at Ingrace called Legacy. And to me, this is one of the things that Christians don't do that we really need to, and that is plan for how our life will continue after we're with the Lord. So what we've created is a free whole section of our webpage, and this is all brand new, that has short video clips from a Christian estate planning attorney. And he and I will go through questions like, what is a will? What is a living trust? Uh, what are you know some of these things that we need in our lives today? You know, Do you want somebody that doesn't know your values deciding your healthcare, your estate for you, or do you want to have it all pre-planned? As uh, my wife and I went to a Christian attorney, and we had all of these things settled, uh, so our our kids and our everyone knows exactly what our wishes are, and we can give more to the Lord by doing this, and more to our children, and less to the government. And to me, that's such a big win. So go to ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com, and click on legacy. I'm excited today because we are going to answer your Bible questions. And I'll tell you this, this is one of my most favorite things to do as a pastor, because you asking a question means that you're reading your Bibles, and that you're studying, that you're listening to sermons, and that means that you're growing. And some people say, well, you know, Questions are bad. We shouldn't ask questions. We shouldn't doubt God. We're not doubting God. We're asking questions about his word and about him so that we can know him better. And I firmly believe this. If God is a God of truth, there is no question that he has any problems with. And so I am excited today to open up this holy and errant book that's ancient, but still relevant today, that has the answers 
not only to life, to marriage, to child training, to how to get along with those in your workplace, all of the issues that we have in life, but it has the answers also to eternity. And so I am so excited today to be able to do another message on answers, answering your Bible questions. Last time, I mentioned that I found some really good questions from children. And you all are worried because you think these might be your children. And I'm not going to tell you whether these questions are your children or not, but they might be. And I do also love when your kids come up and talk to me after church. And I love looking at you because you look so nervous. Like, what are they going to say? What are they telling pastor? Oh, my goodness. Anyways, so here are some real questions from kids. And the first one is, a child asked the parent this, why can't I see my eyes? I love that. Why can't I see my eyes? And you can't, can you? Unless you look in a mirror, of course. But you, why, why shouldn't we see our eyes? I'm, never mind. Okay, so an, another child asked the parent this. What did it feel like the last day you were a child? <laughs> Great question, really. And this one might be my favorite. Why do we have to be born young and grow old? Why can't we be born old and grow young? Brilliant, brilliant question. And I wonder what you would do when your kids asked you those, those questions. When our grandkids ask us those questions, we have a great answer. Go ask your parents. Amen? Okay, so let's get into your Bible questions. The first one today is this. By the way, all of these are excellent questions. Excellent questions. Anytime you're watching an interview or listening to an interview on a, on a television program or a podcast or something, anytime the person being asked the question says, that's a great question, that's a tactic for buying time, okay? So anyways, question number one, Christ knew all the suffering he was about to face, which is a true statement, right? He would have known what was to come. As a matter of fact, remember when Jesus, the night he was going to be arrested, went to a garden called Gethsemane, Gethsemane literally means olive press because he was going to be pressed. And in that garden, he prayed and was sweating drops of blood knowing what was about to come. And is that anguish that he was sensing, that he was anticipating only physical pain and torture of Roman crucifixion and those things that would lead up to it? Or, as the question indicates, was it something even more painful? So the question again, Christ knew all the suffering he was about to face, which must have made it immeasurably even more terrifying. We have been taught that when Christ died for our sins, that every sin of the world, past, present, and future, passed through his soul and body. Now let me just make a, a statement there. I don't know that I would phrase it that way that our sins passed through his soul and body, I, I look at it as our sins were put upon him, okay? Uh, and and my, just a small technicality there. Does it say, the question continues, anywhere how much suffering that was? 
the questioner added a couple verses. So the first verse they added was 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is a verse I use frequently when I'm giving the gospel to explain what happened on the cross. For he, who is he? That's God the Father. Hath made him, who is him? That's God the Son, Jesus, to be sin for us. Okay, that's a huge statement. An innocent, perfect righteous, holy person was going to be made sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that verse definitely indicates the severity of his suffering wasn't just physical. And I don't want to minimize the awfulness of the physical pain. We saw a movie that was made some years ago now, once it came out on DVD called The Passion of the Christ. And in that film, they did really represent well that physical anguish and torture and torment of the cross, of the crucifixion. I think all of us that, that watch that, that's when we just feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he suffered so much. But that's not even the real suffering that he went through, Okay. The questioner also included 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So some people say that his stripes, uh, his, his lashings were healed by, his, were physically healed by his, his suffering. But this is a spiritual healing, which is far greater than any physical healing that you'll ever pray for or experience. So both of these verses are are really great because I love it again when you answer your question with Bible verses, okay? So those two verses do share with us that, that this was a horrible thing. Now, let's just talk about Roman crucifixion real quick. It, it was one of the most heinous, torturous, uh, awful forms of execution ever invented. The Romans did this publicly, not to their own citizens, but to those that weren't citizens in order to keep their empire strong, they showed their their might and their, their cruelty, really. It was public, it was humiliating, it was awful. It was a long, torturous death. In Isaiah 52, it predicts how awful this would be physically. In verse 14, it is predicted by Isaiah about the Messiah that many would be astonished at his visage because it was so marred. He was so, you know, just bloodied and and beat up. And, And when you looked upon him at the end of the crucifixion, it was grotesque, okay? Now, Far worse than the physical torture of crucifixion was that Jesus, holy, sinless, innocent, took upon himself all of the wickedness, the rebelliousness, the despicable things that billions of selfish humans have done and will do. That was the torture of Jesus on the cross. Now, in 1 John 2, 2, it tells us that he 
died for everybody and paid for all the sins of the whole world. It says he is the propitiation. That's kind of an unusual and long word. It's a technical word. Propitiation simply means atonement, and it actually links back to the the, uh, Ark of the Covenant. The, The lid of the Ark of the Covenant was called the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. One time a year, the high priest would come in and pour blood onto the mercy seat. So when you read propitiation, it's an atonement, and Jesus' atonement didn't have to be done once a year, over and over and over. Jesus paid the final sacrifice. The, the blood of animals, that was a picture of Jesus coming to pay the once and final sacrifice for sins. He is the propitiation. He is the mercy seat. He is the final atonement for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. This shows that, that salvation is, is for everybody. God hasn't pre-selected certain people to be saved. Jesus didn't only die for those certain people. Everybody can be saved. And that's what's great about missions, is no matter who's in a country, the, the message of hope, the message of salvation, applies to every person. Okay? So understanding that Jesus paid for all sin is incredible. This brings me to something that happened as we were filming in the Grand Canyon with Dr. Andrew Snelling. We came to a place that is a line, and it's an unusual line in the sedimentary layers of the rocks. And he pointed to this, and he said, this confounds evolutionary thinking. This line, everything above it is full of fossils. Everything below it has none. It's called the Great Unconformity. And he took a, an interesting look at this and turned it into a spiritual application for myself, our viewers, and everyone on our tour. He said, I imagine this line, the great unconformity, as Jesus on the cross. Everything below it was creation rock. It didn't have sin. It didn't have judgment. Everything above it was all about sin and all about judgment. He said, can you imagine the weight that's on that line? Can you imagine all the sins that have ever been committed or ever will be committed? All of that weight, miles of rock, pressing down upon Jesus. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. The next question is this. In Isaiah 39... And other books, so there's uh, sometimes in Scripture you see the same story several places, like in Kings and Chronicles, that happens a lot. It tells of Hezekiah. 
showing off all his wealth to the Babylonians. And that's true. If you read through Isaiah 39, you'll see that Hezekiah was a, we would consider him a good king of Israel. A good king of Israel. There was, first of all, one kingdom of Israel under Saul, David, and Solomon. And then it divided into Judah and Israel. Israel was the northern tribes, the ten tribes, and then Judah and Benjamin were the southern kingdom. And all of these kings on the side of Israel, they were all wicked. They were all bad kings. On the side in Judah, there were some that were good. Now, they all had their, time, their moments, but generally speaking, you see the ones that were, were generally speaking good. And Hezekiah was one of those kings. Now, he did something really, really stupid. He had been sick. He had recovered. God helped him recover from his sickness. That's a whole intriguing story right there. And there were enemies around that wanted to destroy Judah. Assyria had already destroyed the northern tribes and taken them captive. And others wanted to do the same thing to Judah, the southern kingdom. And Hezekiah recovers from his sickness, and the king of Babylon, not because he really was worried about Hezekiah's sickness, sends some people with letters like a get, get well, I'm glad you got well card, okay? Hey, we're so, we're so glad you've recovered. We were so worried that you were sick. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. But Hezekiah bought this. And he's like, okay, I'm going to show these people that brought me this, this news from the Babylonian king all of my wealth. And so he took them and showed them the gold and took them and showed them the, uh, the armor and, and showed them all of the stuff that he had. And he was so proud of his stuff. And then he had a message from God. Okay? Oh, boy. So the message was from Isaiah. And, the, and Isaiah, the prophet, told him, Hezekiah, that was really stupid, okay? Because it was, it was. And later, all of the stuff he had shown the king's messengers were gonna be stolen by Babylon and all of his descendants would be taken into captivity. But God told Hezekiah, because of his attitude, because of, I believe, his repentance of the foolishness of that sin, that he wasn't going to die immediately. They weren't going to be conquered immediately. They weren't going to be taken into captivity immediately. It would be a, a, a little more than 100 years from that point. God speaks through Isaiah and tells him because he was so foolish to brag about all his wealth, it would be carried away by them, Babylon, and Judah would fall to the Babylonians. God then gave him another 15 years to live. And in verse 8 of Isaiah 39, Hezekiah basically says, Good, at least I'll have peace and rest in my days. Isn't this incredibly selfish? Okay? And it might sound selfish on the surface. And look at the verse in Isaiah 39, 8. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. And that might be, it might sound like an absolutely selfish response. Here's something I need to caution you on. It's hard to pick up tone and inflection in print. 
right? That's why you shouldn't text an argument. Don't text it. Because there can be huge misunderstandings in a text. My dad didn't know this when he first started emailing or texting. I forgot what it was. But he just thought it's a lot easier to have all caps. So you don't have to capitalize the sentences. So he'd be typing away all caps. And all of us are like, whoa, what did we do wrong? You know, of course, you, if you don't know that, you, you really need to get your grandkids to, to help you uh, with that. But it's hard to understand the heart of what the person's trying to say if you're just reading it, right? So here's what I would say. I feel like Hezekiah wasn't excited that he had gotten away with it and that he was gonna live longer. I don't think this was relief. I believe that this is a humble acceptance of God's will, okay? A humble acceptance of God's will when he said good, instead of good, it's good is the word of the Lord. A humble acceptance of what God had said, okay? So, and, and how do I know that for sure? Because of the other parallel scripture that gives us a little more insight in that Second Chronicles 32, 26. It says, notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, okay? So that gives us an indication that he wasn't you know, I got away with something and proud of it. This was more of just a humble acceptance of what God had declared. And um, so anyways, that hopefully answers that question. Yes, it does seem cocky if you just read it. You're not uh, carefully reading it, but I believe. Let me just say this. It was incredibly stupid what Hezekiah did by being proud of his things that he had acquired, of his, of his money, of his wealth, it was incredibly foolish for him to parade that before people that were really his enemy. For him to buy into the fact that emissaries of the, of the Babylonian king wanted actually for his good is incredibly stupid. How could a man who is godly, who has a godly reign and has done so much good for Judah in those times, how could he have a, such a stupid moment in his life? It can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. That's why we need to be on guard of our spirituality every day. Because you'll go down a path that you cannot imagine that you went down. But it happens one foot at a time. It doesn't just all of a sudden happen. It happens a little at a time. We all need to guard our hearts and guard our spirituality, as Hezekiah should have. It all comes down to our hearts. And I hope we've learned a lesson there. Uh, and I love learning from people's mistakes. And hopefully we can not make those same mistakes like Hezekiah. And believe me, we still will. But uh, if we can minimize those, it would be so much better. If you have questions about eternal life, about salvation, please contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. And while you're there, check out our offer of the month. We're thanking those of you that support In Grace with a gift of any amount with a really, really neat video series called Discover Hidden Israel 2. And some of the programs on this series, Ancient Secrets of the Jewish Temple, Ancient Jerusalem, the City of David, where it all began, Ancient Michmash, Finding Courage, and ancient Shechem, Joseph's tomb, and Jacob's well. 
these are really, really neat episodes all in this series, and I'm going to send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to Ingrace. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you all three of our Discover Hidden Israel series, one, two, and three. And if your gift is $100, we have an Israel bundle where we're going to send you all of our exciting videos filmed in Israel. These are all adventures like the Copper Scroll, Jesus' First Days, Jesus' Last Day, the Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, and the Discover Hidden Israel series. All of these will send to you for your gift of $100 or more. And uh, the number again is 1-800-78-GRACE. And the website is ingraceradio.com. With a gift of any amount to InGrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.